Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Time now for one of our favorite Friday segments. There was no 12 for the 12s last week because, well, the Seahawks had a bye, but Seahawks are back at it. Welcome in Mike Dugar from The Athletic. He covers the Seattle Seahawks, doing a great job covering that beat. And, Mike, good talking to you again. We got to talk twice in one week, a couple weeks back, and then haven't talked to you in a little while, so hope you're doing well, my man. Uh, yeah, no, the break, the break was nice. I watched a lot of bad football. Um, over the, the, the break. I think, yeah, between the Sunday night football game, which was awful, uh, and there was a couple other awful Sunday games, and then the Thursday game was, was terrible. So, yeah, I'm glad to get back to some live football that's actually uh, entertaining. Seems to me that there's just a lot of bad teams in the NFL, and there's some teams that maybe we are just not used to being bad, which I think is made for some when matchups that are on TV that maybe aren't quite up to par. I mean, you look at a team like the Steelers with no Ben Roethlisberger. They have not been nearly as good as they traditionally are. No Cam Newton in Carolina. You know, the Bears have taken a huge step back. And one team that's just been sort of toiling, I think it's a pivotal game for them this weekend, is the team that the Seattle Seahawks play on Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia is 5-5. They have had some injuries on their offensive line. They've had some injuries in their secondary their skill players have not performed up to par. Uh, they're still searching to find some sort of consistency at running back. But like you were saying, Mike, before we got rolling here, they still have a coach that and a quarterback that won a Super Bowl. I know Carson Wentz wasn't the starting guy then, but he is the franchise guy. He's got one of the best arms in the league. So it seems like as of those middle-of-the-road teams, the Eagles maybe have a little bit more potential than some of the other teams that are just kind of stuck in purgatory. Yeah, you know, uh, after the – Seahawks beat the 49ers, I think I said on my podcast the next day, or that same night, was that the Seahawks are a team that can beat anybody on any given night. I I truly believe that. They also are a team who could lose to anyone on any given night. And I also truly believe that uh, as well, which is why the games are always so close with teams they had no business being close with, right? Just because on any given Sunday, you can lose, right? And the Seahawks are a team that, you know, can lose uh, to anyone. So, uh, but... What's most important, I guess, if you're trying to like be an optimistic Seahawks fan, is the is the former. You want a team that can beat anyone, you know. Like, the, I mean, maybe Philly thought that when they played New England and took a 10-0 lead, but I mean, we knew 
going to beat them. Uh, just because we knew doing the defense is elite and what Philly didn't score after that. <laughs> I don't think after going up 10, nothing, which is just awful. Uh, so like Philly, Philly is going to present a challenge because the Seahawks let everyone present a challenge. You know, Cleveland presented a challenge. Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph presented a challenge. Andy Dalton, who's not even starting anymore, <laughs> uh, presented right. a challenge. So, I mean, Jameis and all of his turnover problems presented a challenge, right? A challenge that required overtime. So, uh, every team is probably going to present a challenge for Seattle. I mean, if uh, Zane Gonzalez, the Arizona kicker, wasn't incompetent that day, they would have presented more of a challenge. Uh, so, And I think they will present a challenge in Week 16 uh, in the rematch because, like I said, Kyler Murray is, is real deal. So yeah, Philly's going to present problems probably through Zach Ertz because the Seahawks can't really cover tight ends uh, all that well. So uh, that'll be the guy that um, – probably Carson Wentz favors the most on Sunday. I mean, I think he's their leading catcher anyway, but uh, if he definitely will be on, on Sunday. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if George Kittle played against the Niners, that game would have would have been even tougher uh, for the Seahawks. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be some challenges. I think the Seahawks should, uh, quote, unquote, win the game, but I highly doubt it'll be easy. Mike Dugard joining us. He covers the Seattle Seahawks for the Athletic. 129 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. And Mike, coming into Seattle's last time out against San Francisco, I said, I told Tutel, I said, this is a 7-2 and team, but to me, they've beat everybody that they're supposed to beat. They hadn't really beat that many really good teams. They just kind of beat some okay teams and some bad teams. And, they, and Seattle only played two, in my mind, really good teams in the Saints and the uh, the – Ravens and they lost both those games and then they and I was saying that last time out that Monday night football game against the undefeated 49ers was going to be a huge telling point for me I I wanted to evaluate both these teams I thought it was the first great test for both of them and Seattle in an excellent game I know there was some sloppiness to it but in terms of high levels of competition an awesome game Seattle wins that thing 27-24 in overtime to hand the 49ers their first loss I know you say that you think that this team could truly beat anybody and that they could truly lose to anybody, but how did the win over San Francisco maybe change the way that you're thinking about the Seahawks this year? Well, one of my questions after the game against, I believe it was the Bucks, was that the Seahawks are clearly capable of playing down to their opponent. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that, that's clear. They've done that. They did that. I mean, in hindsight, only beating the Bengals by one was just inexcusable. But uh, I needed to see if they could play up to their opponent because they didn't against the Saints. And I know that some of the touchdowns they surrendered against the Saints can be like discounted as fluky. But, I mean, those are characteristics of a bad team. When you're running back fumbles and it leads to a defensive touchdown, that's usually what bad teams do. I don't care if your running back is good. That's what bad teams do. Right? Same thing. Your quarterback throws a pick six against the Ravens and your your number two receiver fumbles in his, in his own territory and it leads to a, a defensive touchdown. Those are characteristics of bad teams. In neither game did they really look like uh, they belonged. They couldn't tackle Alvin Kamara. Uh, and against the Saints, that was um, that was a fluky at all. That was just, just bad. It was a bad performance from what characteristics of a bad team. Uh, so, yeah, I needed to see them play up. Like, take your game to another level. Play play uh, better than you're supposed to because the opponent requires you to do so, right? And they did. The secondary played better than it uh, probably had, had been all year, right? Actually, not probably. They did. The defensive line played better than it had all year. Uh, Clowney's been good, but he ain't been. He hadn't been that good right. uh, in a Seahawks uniform 
uh, yet. So I think, you know, the run game was – actually, the, they stopped the run pretty well. They've been doing that all year with lead running backs. You look at the numbers uh, from the, the number one running back on each team that's played against the Seahawks, nobody's cracked 100 yards with Chubb. So their, running, their run like stopping has been pretty good, and they shut down Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and even the Moster dude who came in later. So that part was pretty consistent. But I thought uh, just defensively they took it up a notch. And obviously uh, the offense wasn't great, but they were able to like maximize some opportunities given to them by the defense, which is a characteristic, I think, of a good team. So And they found a way to win. That's definitely a characteristic of a good team. So they kind of checked a lot of the boxes I would like to see. Uh, and But uh, they left some, you know, much to be desired with holding on to the ball, right? Because, again, characteristic of a bad team, turnovers. What I think DK fumbled, Chris Carson fumbled, Rashad Penny fumbled, Russell Wilson fumbled. Like, these are dudes who are going to handle the ball. I mean, I mean, Jermaine Fetty will, thank God. Uh, but, like, those <laughs> other guys, they got to hold on to the ball, man. But, so they checked. They checked a lot of the boxes I wanted them to against the Niners, but there are some left. Uh, you know, unchecked and ball securities one, and now I need to see the pass rush replicate that type of like uh, disruption. Because if they do that, then they'll definitely beat Philly by a lot on Sunday. Mike Dugar, twelve for the twelves. We get you out of here on this, Mike. Nine, eight and two Seattle Seahawks team head to the East Coast. They have actually won a couple in a row in the Eastern Time Zone, bucking a long-standing narrative of not being able to play uh, on the road uh, a couple time zones away from the Pacific Time Zone. But uh, this is going to be an interesting game because the Eagles, even when you look at the Vegas Lions, they've all, I mean, they were only three-point dogs against the Patriots. I think they're only two-and-a-half, three-point dogs in this game, too, even though they are only five-and-five. Five, so it should be a slugfest. What do you think is going to be the key to, for this game uh, for Seattle? Uh, well, the pass rush has to show up. Again, like Pete Carroll is really comfortable, you know, and Ken Norton, they're comfortable, you know, rushing four guys. They, they want to get home with four dudes. I mean, every defensive coordinator does. Uh, well, except maybe Todd Bowles. That dude loves blitzing. But <laughs> maybe other than Todd Bowles, uh, the Seahawks are comfortable just, hey, here's our four dudes. Do what you got to do. Get there. And we'll handle it uh, on the back end, you know, from there. So I think if that happens, if they can get to Carson Wentz the way they got to Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I think Clowney had 10 pressures or something like that. Uh, against the uh, the Forty ers that's insane. Right? That that's just absolutely ridiculous. They get five quarterback hits. Like if they're harassing him or Carson Wentz, I mean the way they uh, they got to Jimmy, then it really is, it doesn't even matter what the the offense does really against uh, the Eagles defense, which has been better lately. But I still think the Seahawks offense is one of the better ones uh, in the league. So I think the pass rush is going to be the key. Uh, and you mentioned the. The record on a 10 a.m. start specific time, I think the Seahawks are 5-0 and since the start mm-hmm. of the 2018 season. Now, they've beaten some teams who stink, right? Detroit, Atlanta, Cleveland, Carolina last year when their quarterback was playing with one arm. Uh, but still, like you said, bucked the narrative, bucked the trend, and have figured it out. So I think the Seahawks are probably going to win something like 28-24 uh, and uh, move on to what would that be? 9-2? and 9-2. and two. 12 for the 12s. Mike Dugar, he covers the Seattle Seahawks for The Athletic. Go check out The Athletic. You can get a free trial. It's awesome content, podcasts, features, daily beat writing, sort of stuff. I love it. It's one of my favorite things I got on my phone. So go check Mike out if you're a Seahawks fan or if you're just a sports fan. No matter who you like, they have they have content for you, I promise. So, Mike, as always, we appreciate you joining us, my man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks, as always, for having me. 
It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.